Cinema Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts, Ayla Hadi, Allison Weaver, and Johnny Pinea. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. Yeah, we're live now. So, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode here of Second Z's Cute with our usual hosts. And today we are going to be talking about um, some Arabic poetry from Saudi Arabia. And this is from the Festival Internacional de Poesia de Mendejin, which is the international poetry festival that happens in Mendejin, Colombia, every year. And uh, it's a really big festival. They have uh, poets and people from all over the world that come out. Um, and uh, we are going to be talking about a work by Ali Al-Hazmi. And he is actually a next-level genius when it comes to poetry and when i first heard this poem and read the subtitles in spanish i was really moved and touched by this work and so this is what we're going to be discussing today and um yeah by for the record we this gentleman here he has been um, publishing in newspapers and other places all over the world, like El Dia Septimo in Paris, Creacion, Cairo, and these are all the Spanish translations, Nazwa and Amant and etc. And anyway, he participated in a lot of recitals of poetry all over the place. And he's really great about, um, he published a ton of books as well, but he's great about sharing the poetry of Saudi with the world. And yeah, I'm very excited to talk about his stuff. Um, And his poems have been translated into English, French, Spanish, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, pretty much has a very, very prolific and excellent writer. I think his work is really inspirational because it uh, covers so many emotions in four minutes. You're just going through a whole world of feelings. Um, At least I did anyway. And like, there are a whole lot of themes which we can talk about. And and I think we will maybe talk about uh, the history of Arabic poetry because I uh, am so excited to go and dig deep into that world. (laughs) Although she she may not go down as many bunny trails as she could. But uh, yeah, it's really, really a beautiful poem. Um, And like, for example, like just parts like where it talks about the soul and like, like so many imagery, Im- so much imagery of nature and uh, birds and many, many, many elements, which all woven together like a masterful tapestry. Um, so I think way we could go about it today is first of all, like Aya, you can give your breakdown that you were planning to do because you went on a bunny trail. And you can take as long as you want on the breakdown. And then we can kind of go like point by point through the poem, I guess, if we want, and kind of talk about some of the, the themes or the, the stuff that's there. Um, and then Johnny will have a little bit more background because he doesn't know either of the languages that are present here. So I think that might be a good way to approach this. But do you cool, are you cool with that? I'm cool with that. Oh, very okay, cool. That. That? I mean, going line by line because each line there is like a meal. It's like each a, line is like powerful. Of, of, yeah, of, 
the most incredible. I could sit. I sat on one line <laughs> and just looked yeah. at how did this guy come up with the most beautiful way of portraying something that can create, as you say, a feeling. Yeah, it creates a whole lot of amazing feelings. So let's first go to the background. I don't. I don't want to go into more of my feeling right now because then we'll just start discussing the poem. So you can start with some more background and then we can talk about the poem itself. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm tr- going to try not to go into too many details um, uh, because poetry it is such an essential part of Arab culture, like from the get go. Um And, you know, of course, like the term Arab extends outside of Saudi Arabia, but, you know, like in particular, like Saudi Arabian society. Um, And I actually, when I was younger, um, grew up around many international student families um, who were from Saudi Arabia here in the United States. So, um, you know, like our neighbor was Saudi Arabian. She would sometimes babysit me and just overwhelmingly such a generous and warm group of people like the, the legendary generosity still lives to this day throughout the centuries. Um, and, you know, we still keep up with them to this day. So just like I said, very much focused on um building those familial relations, those friendships, those uh, bonds of fellowship, um, and through that generosity of spirit, and also through the spirit of art and poetry that still very much lives on to this day. Um, And just to put this out, other way. So borders didn't really exist within the MENA region before the Sykes-Picot Agreement in 1916, where essentially men haphazardly drew lines and carved out countries. So um, we're talking about Saudi Arabia, of course, uh, but, you know, like you'll find that a lot of the culture and um, uh, trends kind of extend beyond those borders, it's kind of hard to just calculate just within those strictly drawn lines. However, put that putting that aside, poetry has played an absolutely integral part of Saudi Arabian culture since pre-Islamic times. We're talking thousands of years. Uh, it was considered part of oral tradition, and oral tradition was also incredibly crucial to Arab society. It was particularly like Bedouins, but not just Bedouins. It's It was a time and informed to learn about your own lineage. The lineage of your family gets passed down. That's very much a big part of Arab culture as well. Like people would learn their entire lineage, like going back hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, the history, uh, acts of valor in battle, those were all passed down from generation to generation. Tales of Arabian nights. When I say knights, I mean warrior knights, not like night and day. And there is, I have, I had to, I had to specify. Yes. So there is this. There's an yeah. lesson literary yes yeah so there is a deep and abiding love for the art of poetry and the study of language amongst saudi arabians and their gulf neighbors the levant region in north africa continues to this day um that love of poetry and language and construction very much uh is a part of the culture and you know there are there are still like poetry recitations at coffee houses um to this day and you know like for instance my mother grew up on poetry and and loving that poetry i think the poet that we're talking about today is the same way he talks about having been raised in a small town in saudi arabia um but like that his mom was very much into poetry and you know it was like very much a part of life so within arab culture when relating to poetry and we're we're examining like particularly pre-islamic poetry 
there's almost an unearthly quality to that poetry. In fact, this is kind of an interesting thing that I had learned back in the day that poets in pre-Islamic Arabia were known to claim inspiration from jinn, who we've joked about on this show a ton, but for people who aren't familiar with jinn, they are these like fire spirits. They don't really have like a physical form. Um, and the jinn were believed to have secret knowledge of cosmos as they sort of floated the sky and straddled the line between the earthly world and the spirit world. And so um, they would pass on some of this knowledge and spirit to the poets. Um, and so one of the colloquial Arabic terms that we know today for crazy is majnun, which comes from the word jinn. Right. Um, but when you get called Majnun nowadays, it's not really related to the jinn. It just means someone calling you crazy. But back in the day, back in like, for instance, like pre-Islamic Arabia, a lot of times the poets would be called Majnun because of that link to jinns. So this is all to really, really stress just the importance and love for for language, literature, and poetry, and just the depth of emotion that's conveyed in Arabic poetry, the specificity of the language, the complexity of rhyme schemes and structures throughout poetry. Um, This is just a small summary and background. Um, Some really well-known poets you know, starting from pre-Islamic Arabia to post-Islamic um, Arabia. Um, and just really well-known poets include Antar bin Shaddad. So he was a Black um, Arabian knight, again, K-N-I-G-H-T, not the other knight. Um, and he wrote a lot of poetry about acts of valor, his love, Abla, and his poetry were was considered part of the Mu'allaqat, which are a series of like seven poems uh, that were reportedly hung from the Kaaba, which is like the structure that is part of like the pilgrimage for Muslims, but has been around in Mecca, like long predating Islam. Um, so before Islam, they had these poems that were reportedly hung from the Kaaba, and that included some of Antar bin Shaddad's poetry. Then you have one poet who was called Majnun Layla or Layla's Crazy Lover. This is kind of more of a tragic love story, but he was just so obsessed with Layla and would write so much poetry about her because ultimately they fell in love when they were young, but she ended up marrying someone else. Her father didn't approve of him. Um, And then, you know, some of like the more Modern Arab poets include um, Ahmed Shalqi, but he's Egyptian. He's not from Saudi Arabia. So just like a very long, rich history with poetry. As far as this poem, it does not really follow that structured uh, and um, sort of like musical uh, tone that is associated with a lot of the well-known Arabic poetry that I had mentioned. It's more freeform. Um, So it's going to be a little different from classical Arabic poetry. And I had to like look up another video to kind of listen to the poem um, because I, you know, I'm not fluent in Spanish. And for some reason, the sound quality wasn't all that sharp. One thing that I wish was done a little bit better with in regards to the poet Ali Al-Hazmi is I wish he conveyed more passion and, um, you know, emotions when he was reciting his poem. That is a big part of that Arabic tradition of poetry. When you listen to Arabic poetry recited in that typical way, you are immediately drawn in. You can feel every single letter that's being said. You're pulled in. You're kind of wrapped up in this intoxicating world. And he didn't really give that passion that I am accustomed to when it comes to recitations of Arabic poetry. 
So that was one thing that was kind of missing from the video of him at the festival. But I did look up another video um, with like clear sound and it was given that particular passion that I am more accustomed to. The thing that struck me about his poem is that surreal quality to it. He is taking you to this dreamland. It's all about what you can do when you're dreaming and the limitations of your real life. But when you're in this dream world, all of those limitations um, are kind of stripped away and you can be as fearless as you want. You can be as, you know, uninhibited as you want. And when he takes us through this journey of his dream state, um, it takes like a hazy, surreal, very soft quality on this journey. Um, and that's like the overall impression that I had of his poem as I was listening to it, you know, like sometimes I would just sort of zone out while he was reciting the poem and it wasn't necessarily because I was bored, but I was just taken into this cloudy la la land and I'm just like vibing with yeah, I'm just vibing with the poem. I'm like, wait, wait, what, what did he just say? And I'm like, oh, you know, I just feel super duper relaxed right now. Everything is an art form. The way it's, mm-hmm. uh, the writing is art form. The words are art form. It is such yeah. an art. It's, there are so many paradoxes in this world. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think you can take one line and spend hours take one on line and go there forever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I have like four lines here. I think they're like a group of four lines that I think pretty much sums up the the spirit of the poem. That that's the like those are the four lines that I kind of transcribed and wrote down. Yeah. Yeah. So but I'm following your lead, you <laughs> and Johnny. I talk about a few things that stuck out. Maybe there's the like in the first part, he's like in the dream. No one sees you. And even though you're screaming a loud voice in the jungle of dream, of the dreams or dream world or something, I guess that's how you would say it. And then the next thing is like, there's no football, there's no football of your football and you're going like, it's just like, and then he goes straight to like talking about like a kiss this far away. And that's mm-hmm. like super interesting to me. Like, yeah, that's true because you you're in it, but you're not you're not making an impact. It's like it was like a desire. And I was thinking, hmm, yeah, that's true. And so like when then he builds it, starts to build it up, like where let's go to the part. Mm. oh yeah like when you close your eyes and then then later it's like when you probably like when you close your eyes and then it goes to the part where it talks about the love in your eyes or love in your pupils of your eyes the that part let's we can talk about that part if you want um it's like so interesting because like everything is real, but it's not real. It's, I was just always thinking about that when I'm thinking about this poem. It's like it's real, but it's not real. Or maybe it's a different real. And maybe it is a different real, but we can't share that dream in the dream world with someone else. Mm-hmm. Unless I, I, yeah, I looked at it. Just sorry to, on that before I forget it, is that I, I was constantly looking at it and and equating um, our living life, awake life. This dream is a dream. I mean that we lived. We live in this dream, uh, and the way it's gently correlated, but not pointed to the dream of the mind uh, when we sleep or imagination or whatever. Uh, which are different things, uh, but the, the 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 words that he uses, like you know that 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 like screaming into the cosmos. We are all standing screaming there, into screaming the into the cosmos. <laughs> yeah, or jungle. You know, I I 
the beauty why I love it, well, I, I was glad that they use Spanish, is I couldn't imagine any other language to use to translate, uh, to try and encapsulate. Yeah, to try and encapsulate the imagery and the words. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, in, in the Spanish, it, it works. You know, it gives, and, and, and that's kind of a lot of the stuff I would, you know, the words I would look at the word and, you know, I go in and maybe I would see another word, like I say, cosmos against jungle, you know, it's like, I would see this, I could see us screaming out there, you know, and how we, you know, have the love so deep within us, but I love the way, like you say, puts it right there in the pupil of your eye. Yeah, it's like the center, right? The center. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, what it, not just, a, not just pupil, but there's like a, a niña, yeah. a niña that's uh -huh. the center point. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah, that the that that interior because immediately he draws the whole thing together by using a simple analogy like that into what is the essence. It is the essence of the being within uh, using that that imagery of the people, and and then how we are we are working with all the exterior around us. That is, we call ourselves our body. You know. And and how he the distant kiss, you know the, these things, the, those gentle words. But as you say, the way the guy reads his poetry, it's like he's like reads it like a doctor. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I've got to say it. I mean, it's these are passionate, beautiful words, dude. And like you know, he's reading, it and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm kind of going, um, I know there's passion in there somewhere. I just know, I know. But man, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> it's like, how does it come from? You see, paradox. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. you know, I was like, the the tone is not like his actual vocal tone is not matching the tone of the poem at all. No, no. It's like it's like uh, these are the words. I give you the words. And, and and I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that, that when the guys actually do it in the original language, how beautifully it's spoken and the imagery is used, the words are used, you know, words, words are used like a, a beautiful needle out of the mouth, you know, it comes like blossoms, it's lovely. And, and uh, you know, that you get to feel but just even looking at it, like you said, that one line, you can go on forever about screaming into the whatever jungle, cosmos, whatever you like, you know, um, of how our solitude, you know, that we feel so alone. How insane is that? And uh, he, he, he captured that and the beauty of the fact that this is a, possibly is, this is the dream. And mm -hmm. the dreams at night, who knows? This dream is just as much a dream. Where it comes and it goes, and magical and marvelous things happen, and uh, then it goes. <laughs> we wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a different level. I want to hear mm -hmm. which part. Like so, those those parts in the beginning where they stick out to me, especially about the your yeah, like real, not real thing. That was that was like it just kept playing in my mind. What were the parts that sticking out to you? I. Um, and I'll tell you guys what I would, it reminds me of, but it's totally out of yeah. <laughs> I probably the start. I'm actually kind of laughing because I tried to. I was like, let me get the opinion of my mom since she's like such a lover of poetry and literature in general. Mm -hmm. Um, she did not enjoy this poem at all. <laughs> she went on like a 10 minute like tangent of how much she did not enjoy this this poem I'm like I didn't think it was like you know bad or anything but she is just like very adamant that she <laughs> didn't enjoy it um but she like did help me with you know like transcribing and you know getting the meanings and stuff because Arabic is such a wonderfully complex language with so much specific terminology that um, it's really easy for nuances to kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, that's why I find that 
sure it's true for all translated works, but it's really difficult to um, encapsulate the spirit of Arabic when you get it translated into English. Um, but I, for me, I think it would have to be like the beginning of the poem where he goes, you know, um, you know, just like the terminology of like, so like just starting off with this alluring promise of, of freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. In, in your dreams, no one can see you, which to some people might feel like a nightmare, but here it's promising you freedom from the shackles of expectations in life. Um, and at the same time, he's not giving it this like rosy glow either because he follows up with that line of like, even if you screamed with you know all your might no one is going to hear you so it's like that juxtaposition of that beautiful freedom but also just the knowledge of you being so alone in this dream world um you know and you know how in this dream world you don't leave an impression behind you it's just you moving in with no constraints and with that lack of constraints you don't leave an impression behind it kind of takes you like on this journey of like what you could do when you're in the dream world you know like you don't need that extra key to get to your love's house everything is so much easier but you know like let's philosophize on you know the opposite end of the spectrum what are some of the drawbacks of that freedom um, I think that's kind of like overall, yeah, yeah, that was kind of like my impression of the poem. It's more about, I feel like the atmospheric quality of the poem, um, rather than like the specific narrative structure to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 uh, Mm -hmm. For me, it felt like, like, you know. Like Midsummer's Night Dream in some way. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. They're like they're in this this dream, and all these things are happening. And then they're waking out of the dream to a different reality. Mm. Yeah, and uh, but the poem that came to my mind, like right now when we're talking about the eyes, is Rima Vente from Gustavo Adolfo Becker, which is the t- Actually, wait, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's like I'll read it to you and then I'll tell you about it because it's very simple, it's a very excellent, yeah, but it's it reminds me of something that's not related to the dream world, but it's also, yeah, yeah, full of dream world, so yeah, it's full of dream world, and so it's it's like this. Sabe si alguna vez tus labios rojos quema invisible atmósfera abrazada que el alma que hablar puede con los ojos también puede besar con la mirada. And that's it. And it basically oh, says... Sí, corazón. Sí, sí, sí. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so basically it says, you know, if ever your red lips, invisible burning scorch atmosphere that the soul that can speak with the eyes can also kiss with your their eyes. Yes. Sí, as a, as the, the eyes. With the translation. You're like how we can transmit the emotion or the feeling that we have just by looking to someone. Mm-hmm. This is the connection that I gave because they'll always, everyone's language will always sing about the eye or talk about the mm-hmm. eye. The eyes, the eyes, eyes are the eyes, windows eyes, to the soul. Yeah, the eyes yeah, yeah. Are the ocean or the soul. Uh, uh, swim in the ocean of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you the are, darling. You're just passing my chips and leave me alone. Yeah. Those ojos son la luz de mi vida. Like they're loving oh. the light of my but life. But the way you read it as well, I mean, when you're reading it, it was like, I was like, 
Oh, I, I was getting off on that. He it's was just that he was there are, there's language, there's language, there's language. And as, <laughs> as you said, I, uh, I'm so glad English could never encapsulate it. There's, there's more that is, is very cold. It's Germanic. It's cold. It comes. Hey, German is not always structure. <laughs> no, German is not always cold, but I said Germanic. Eh? It comes from Germanic. Eh? I know. They, they, missed, they, they, they didn't go past Berlin. You know what I mean? We didn't go um, south enough. This is the other part of one that from the same I'll just read you the first part of it it just I just thought of this part of this other uh, one of his remas where it says there's like tu mano entre mis manos tus ojos en mis ojos la amorosa cabeza apoyada en mi hombro Dios sabe cuántas veces con paso perezoso hemos pagado juntos bajo los altos hornos que de su casa presta oh. misterio y sombra al pórtico. And it's like oh. such a like simple stanza. Oh. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm in another, yeah, you got me there. It's another universe. Oh, you got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like for you, very man. similar vibes. Oh, talk Spanish to me, baby. Yeah, uh, basically, oh, bring the, it on, bring it on. <laughs> He's dying over there. <laughs> basically, the 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 thing is your hand in my hand, your eyes in my eyes, your loving hand leaning on my shoulder. God knows how many times with lazy step we have wandered together under the tall elms that from this house they lend mystery and shadow to the portico. It's like yeah. you're literally just Aww. taking a walk outside and <laughs> you slam into this awesome poetry. It's awesome. It's just- but it's also so beautiful, and and it is nice that we have that beauty. And we, yeah. it, but I must. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw something in here. Throw it. That we've grown into the the, the such a, a culture of mistrust um, in our languages, in our feelings, and everything. That and distance, in a way, um, although so much brings us closer. That I noticed that our language and the way we see things, especially love and uh, et cetera, it doesn't hold the romance that uh, mm-hmm. was before. You see what I'm saying? What you mean? <laughs> Not only in English. I think, I think generally, you know, I think uh, we're talking here as in cultures, you mm-hmm. know, people and, and et cetera. You know, it's, 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 we, we, we're so reserved now, which is so bizarre, because here we are in this age where everything is like, you know, like out there, supposedly. And yet we are so reserved when it comes to anything within the personal realm of feelings of okay. our own internal world emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and to hear this this, the, the, this these beautiful words in Arabic is musically and when you speak it, I don't even need to speak the language to feel it. You can feel you it. Know? It's just there. I don't need to because it's in the it's so beautiful. The language is so beautiful. And that 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 always it's a thing that I forget very often is the language of, of any of any culture. I think that language gives a heart of what is the truth within the culture. You know, it's, it's, it's as much as like, you know, when you, when you, in the translation to Spanish and the, you can, you can pick up even in the Spanish, the, the absurdities that exist within the Spanish culture with, to others, yeah. to us, to anybody else, not to the Spanish, obviously. Um, uh, but once again, it's the use of language that is in such, it is the abstract. It is what makes us, as we call it, the, the, the sentient beings that we believe we are, mm-hmm. is that abstract and using the beautiful analogies of, of what I would think is an abstract, because what happens is, is it goes into the emotions, feelings, by placing it with in the physicality. So it's a beautiful thing. You know, my eyes are your eyes. It's a wah-wah. You know what I mean? My hand's your hand. Yeah. It's a wah Baby, baby, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> Say that to me. Um, this is very typical of 
Arabic but, but, romance. But, yes, That's but today, 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 today we have become conservative to the extreme. And this is the absolute paradox. That's what I was, I was, I was you know, meaning by it. The yeah. paradox, you know, of, of how we're supposed to be liberated and la di da blah, blah. <laughs> oh, please. Are we liberated? Yeah, right. You know? It, 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 I mean, you listen, you listen. Yeah, yeah we're talking uh, what I call guava. You know, it's like red, blood red. It's like really there, man. It's the kind of stuff that, uh, yeah, makes living living. Yeah. But you know, like, but, I'll, I'll say this quickly too. So going back to, to, to Saudi that I know they're mm. they're always so like passionate about all the thing, a lot of things, like <laughs> but very they're also very like very kind and and like mm-hmm. they will they'll try to express to you not always directly, but they will try to express to you exactly what they have in their heart. Like the ones that I have met anyway. Because when you're in a in a safe space with them, they're very happy to share from themselves and mm-hmm. what what they feel, what they're doing, and and I think like his poetry kind of takes us back to an era or something of of like that generation, but also it's it's very accessible, I would say to to even people, younger people. But I think what is interesting to me, and this is just a short thing, is I think what's interesting to me is that it's very hard for some people to engage their feeling center, just like Johnny is saying, especially young people. And for me, after living in Asia for some time, I realized that my own emotion center was becoming more of the wall. That makes sense. Like you put this mask outside and then you feeling something inside, but you are sometimes blocking it in certain cultures. Um, And I think there's some cultures that still are vulnerably open in a way. but I hope that they don't close themselves off just because of the the new generation, if that makes sense. Like the things that are happening to these generations. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I, 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 me, you are making I absolute sense. Up you know, my sense of feeling through poetry, through music, yep. Yep. Because, and through mm-hmm. art, because I can't allow myself to freeze. Because it's almost like a numbing of the mind that can happen, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes more than sense. It's, it's a, you, you've opened this into a, a very much oh, how do you place it? Uh, it? It falls into the psyche of the entire planet. It falls into our age. It falls into the place that we're in. Um, if you look at the kind of poetry that comes out, really modern poetry that comes out, the majority of it is is uh, pretty whiny. Um, you know, there's yes, a lot of complaining. A lot of the going poems on. right now are like a lot hey. of complaining. It's a lot of aggression. There's a lot of a lot of things happening. But the style, like uh, the beautiful style of taking words and creating art, you know, it's the same as doing the brushstroke of the samurai. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, the, that exact same what you do with the sword, you do with a, with a brush. Um, in, in your writing, calligraphies and things. And it's that art of, of communication, of imparting, of connecting our soul you know, to each other. All of these connect souls, they connect together, you know, in, in bringing a community. Uh, we've fallen into that, that scary place of, uh, it's, it's if, to show that kind of um, openness is uh, seen as weakness. Mm-hmm. Or it is, it is, it is uh, seen as uh, uh, untrue. You know, we are, um, we do not trust. 
in this time now. But to look back, like if I was listening to that and I, you were speaking about how that would go down with, say, the youth or, um, you know, anywhere else, nobody would, would, would want to read it now. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about your, your well, average... They're into like, spoken word. They'll do spoken word, yes. More listening to it. Yeah, but even if it's, I mean, those kind of imagery, that kind of imagery, convey that kind of imagery to a person who is 20 years old, 22 years old, in a, in a, in a like Eurocentric or American, whatever kind of culture. Um, those words are really not going to go down the way that they are because they are so rich and beautiful. Mm. But it'll be seen completely differently. Right. And you know this how gives, there's so much sensitivity too. Like people mm, are hypersensitive mm, about certain things, but they're not engaging correct. their emotions. That's mm. it. Is it. That has become engaging emotions has become almost like voodoo. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you know what I mean? You know, you stay away from it and get the exorcist. It's like, hey, uh, you, you can't go. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> didn't mention that. Excuse me. Um, I meant the movie, <clears throat> and uh, but that that it, it, it has become like a scary thing. People are afraid. Uh, that that kind of you speak that kind of la- that language, that that beautiful bouquet of words. You use that with someone in the culture of today, born say maybe, uh, maybe even my uh, uh, age group. I don't know. You, you speak those kind of words, it's going to, it, it makes people so defensive because then you've got to hide like you're speaking about. Because in yeah. order to speak those kind of words, that means you have to receive them and open your heart to do that. And mm-hmm. we, we've, we've been in a situation over the time, you know, it has come to the time where I, I, I do speak for, for myself, but I also speak for what I encounter. And what I encounter a lot of the time is that defense, as you were saying, the wall. You know, um, the, the, the Saudi people and guys that I know, that I've met, and, and like when we meet, very few words need to be said in a greeting to be able to convey the kind of emotion that we feel, mm. you know. But it's very open. I mean, just in, 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 in the Salaam, I go, it's, it's baba boom, you know. Uh, heart mm-hmm. is open, you know. It's all gratitude and humility, and, and you know, on both sides. And and this is not a common thing in this world. No, it's not. It's not. And so, yeah, so to hear this kind of poetry would be really beautiful. If and and I do believe that it has to because every pendulum swings. That the youth will come to a time. Yeah. The, how I mean, even if it's that small little group of beatniks, you know what I mean, in the old words beatnik kind of guys, you know, and girls, the, the ones that like really emo, yeah, so to speak. Um, even emo, even emo. Now you take that, like, that word emo, right? It encapsulates what? I have no idea, actually. Thanks. Thanks. Because people are trying to find themselves, I feel. Anyway, yeah, I, you're going to say something. Go ahead. I've cut you off by accident. Oh, um, it's absolutely no issue. I don't know. I feel like with a lot of the younger population, there is that love for nostalgia. And um, there is like, I think, a resurgence of a love for poetry, but it's not the poetry that, you know, we've grown accustomed to or the world has grown accustomed to. Um, With as, as far as like that, openness and language there's kind of a duality to um arabs and the term arab is in of itself has like uh complexities to it because um you know like not everyone in the mina region is an arab but even if they do speak the arabic language like there's that whole um uh sorry excuse me there is that whole factor to consider but there is a sort of duality where um there's a lot that goes unspoken in terms of emotions, but at the same time, there is like a real fire and that fire 
gets expressed through love and hate other other stuff kind of goes unspoken so um this is Mm -hmm. like very much keeping in theme with it so like for instance a, a term of endearment not even for your love it could be said to a friend or you know like by a mom or a relative uh, things like my soul my eye mm, the Levant region and Siri yeah like it's like rolls off very easily off the tongue it's like without a second thought it's second nature at this point to kind of roll those terms off uh out um i think in syria they have this expression where it, they say burni, which means bury me you know like um and that's a kind of also a term of endearment which you know is kind of funny to hear because it's like a little dark but it's that term of endearment so that passion and that duality definitely i feel comes out in well, i'm gonna in use general. it it's not it's not objecting it in i'm gonna use it you know, because I, I have no shame. I mean it. I, I made a decision a long time ago. I have no shame. I will mm-hmm. express my love to all and sundry because I do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'd rather do that than anything else. And how a yeah. person takes it, their problem. It's my love. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, this, this, and I get, and I know that like people, we're not in that kind of age, you know, and, but that I'm, oh, that's mine. I'm using it. I'm using it. Next time. Oh yeah. Oh, babe, bury me. Bury me now. <laughs> right now. Bury me. Wife's going to be like, what's happening? You've got me six foot under and I'm happy. <laughs> I've heard it so many times from Syrian aunties. Oh, you know, like this. <laughs> very, so very sweet. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the equivalent of like he's so beautiful I could just die you know that kind of thing but it yeah. doesn't actually carry the beauty when you say it in English as it does yeah. So, you again. It's, Once again. It's got it. It's got it. No, look, English is. I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. It's just. Uh, it, it's different in its in its the way it uses its mouth. You know, it's even mm-hmm. here in 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 Africa the vernacular languages. The, all the vernacular languages here work in the imageries, and those imageries are conveyed with the mouth and the the, the chest and all of it. You know, they use their tongues, mouth. You say things. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, we got a little bit constrained. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it must it must have been the cold or something like that. I'm sure something happened. Well, yeah, and I was very cold. We, we were freezing cold when we started learning languages, and it was terribly cold. So why would you we talk were, that much if you're going to be freezing? Yeah, cold? yeah, you know, and then if you're going to speak, it's like, you know, it's a bit tight, you know, everything's tight. Because you're just holding it tight because you're cold. That's it. That's all. <laughs> but the, yeah. I, the, the, the vastness of the poem that you brought is like if you really wish you can take those things and draw lines that become interdimensional you know it's like you were speaking of of how take now midsummer night's dream now that is a dimensional play where yes, he, he plays the different dimensions within a one reality as we call it which mm-hmm. is, is, is absolutely, yes. I mean, come on, you know, it's, we cannot say what happens. It takes uh, 0.3 of a second um, before we actually register uh, the image, you know, in our minds of what we see. What happens in between that? You know, there, there, there's a spot there that we're not seeing. And <laughs> whole dimensions could be going on. For all we know, the dimensions that we experience in our lives just uh, through emotion, through sleep, and, and through, uh, you know, our waking time, uh, through daydreaming, various things. These are dimensions in mm-hmm. one reality, you know what I'm saying, in one thing. So to, 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 to say that there aren't, there isn't the possibility of multidimensional um, um, existence, in this one existence, I think there's there is multi-dimensional existence. Well, it, it, it's, absolutely, you know. I mean, 
I know that it's been proved. I know that they've done the test. I know who's done the test. Also, the science this. science is proving it more than anything. We're yeah, doing that's correct. It right now, what yeah. the heck? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's actually a part of Islamic tradition as well. You know, like the idea of like different realities and um, like, uh, I'm sorry, the words are not wording today. It's okay. Use any yeah. word. Any yeah. Word. Um, we'll get it. Just like other dimensions, that's very much like a part of Islamic traditions and discuss- uh-huh. discussions. So, you know, right in there. It's totally included in the whole um, language. You know, it's included mm-hmm. in the language, as you say. You know, um, and, and and these are many things that uh, we possibly have gained in one way. It becomes fascinating, like I say, just from a poem, just from a few lines in a poem. How the mind and, and, and soul or whatever consciousness opens to so many things of the way we do things now. We are trying to do technically mm-hmm. what we can do naturally. You can yeah. just do all of these things normally, and I don't know why. Normally they- and naturally we could do it. But now, you see, we have to go and create this. We mm-hmm. have to go and make it for some reason. We need to actually okay. physically make it. You know, yeah. uh, I'm not even going to ask why I don't question it. I just go, well, okay, that's that's the way we are. Maybe we need to go the full circle of the journey, you know, of which I believe other civilizations, and I believe Africa went through that circle long time ago. I believe Africa mm-hmm. went through the circle of all of it, you know, right through technology and all the discoveries to come down to the same place. We can do it naturally, and what we're doing at the moment is actually causing us more harm than good. Let's drop it, you know? Yeah. And there you go. You find abandoned cities that are, you know, four, five, six, seven, ten thousand years old. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh, There was this line also that captures kind of that topic we were talking, we were discussing earlier, you know, like different states of consciousness and Again, going back to that surreal, dreamy quality, um, mm. he goes, which if I'm translating it correctly, I believe goes in the wings of wind, in the lips of a mirage, which does not do justice mm. to the to the line itself. But this is just mm. like a rough outline. I felt like that was continuing on with that theme and you know, just that otherworldly quality to the poem. Mm, mm. I mean, even even the way it's placed, like we, it's, it's I don't know if my if I'm correct in this, in that he mentions that uh, even even the earth itself. I'm not sure if if I got it right whether it was the earth itself embraces you or if the earth itself is not worthy to support you. I'm not sure. Um, in the one line, but just by bringing that up and, 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 and bringing into the, like, you know, the, that we are these, like we living within what we believe to be a solid reality. And he alludes to it, you know, obviously talking dream, he does you know, it's solid, but when he goes to the physicalities, like, like even the ground, even the ground you walk on, you know, uh, is, is not, uh, do I say it is not uh, uh, does not contain the uh, ability to be able to support your beauty, so mm. to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not as beautiful as, as as he put it, of course. You know, yeah. Um, these things open up so many avenues as to 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 what we are, who we are, and and, and where we are in a poem. And the guy sits there and reads it like he's reading the dictionary. I'm like, uh-huh. Hey, dude, come on. You know? Come on. I know I know you've read the thing a lot. I know you know the thing very well. I know you maybe you're bored with it. I don't know. You know, but yo, I'm sitting here and my, my heart is like going into like spasms. And you like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, and you like just sitting there going, yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. you know, <laughs> it's like, eh, mm, yeah, 
I'll have uh, to send you like the other video of a recording and there's love like, to see a guitar yeah. in the background. I'm like, this oh. fits more the vibes. Yeah, yeah. You be know, because the language is beautiful, <laughs> you know. The language is so beautiful. It, it is so like, beautiful. I was like, what, really? what is this? <laughs> it's like something you know? that it's kind of taught to us. We we learned poetry younger when we were younger um arabic poetry and you know it's like very difficult to recite but like they would always like be like you gotta say it with like oomph with pizzazz with yeah. it's just like reading off a grocery list oh yeah no you that's it it has to be those You're it's beautiful to, like, give, yeah Oh, yeah. when you speak it, even when you speak it, I'm watching you and I'm looking at you. I can see you. You are eating those words. Those words are like beautiful and round and ay ay And I'm not mm. even like giving any effort right now, but like you're supposed to, you're supposed to like give life and form to each letter, uh, to each sound, like like it's supposed to be very evocative and it's just not giving it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you clarified the thing about the Arabian Nights. I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> no, 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 really, really. I really? have been in places, and I mean, no disrespect, but I have heard it said that, listen, don't tell me anything. I have read the entire Kama Sutra and the Arabian Nights. I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've read the night huh the star you know what I mean yeah (laughs) you know because like you know what I mean the Arabian Nights is like you know the other side you know of the Kama Sutra you know apparently (laughs) or like even like the Disney version Arabian Nights the actual Arabian Nights book is very interesting so I haven't read it yeah I don't. Yeah, because like the heroics and chivalry is also a big part of that, like Arabian Gulf culture, like very much so, and honor and dignity. Those were kind of the codes that were lived by before, um, you know, Islam came to the peninsula. There was like a certain like code of behavior, and it was like very Mm -hmm. much like through certain Mm -hmm. acts of chivalry and battle and things like that. Yeah. 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 But that is, I find that a general thing that runs across, uh, um, uh, I don't know whether to call say Arabic or Islamic, but I find that humility is, is a quality. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not something anybody tries to attain. It just is. I noticed that there are cultures that contain a humility. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a humility within the silence. There's a humility in the thing, but at the same time, the dignity that goes with that. You see, yeah, it is a presence. There's always that presence that I feel. You know, uh, yeah. I know. I know. Everybody's different, but you know, yeah. Humility yeah. is kind of a value that is taught within the religion. Um, it's also coupled with like that dual duality that I was talking about earlier. There, uh, there's mm-hmm. like this intense pride. And when I say pride, mm-hmm. I don't mean that they feel that they're above others, but mm-hmm. they have like this sense of pride in the sense that if you slight them, mm-hmm. even yes. if it's unintentional sliding, it's like game over until you can Mm. sort of patch things up and that sort of pride coupled with that humility provides another interesting paradox to that culture yeah it's dignity i'm very like that you know i'm very like that i mean yeah genetically i've got like quite a lot of like you know um um, like Arabian in me, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the thing is, I'm the same thing. I will love, love, love with all my heart. That you know, because uh, I like the feeling. And uh, but then when someone comes up against me, it's the same thing. Or slights me, as you say. You know. Yeah. Oh, obviously I go. I don't know. But. Yeah, immediately there isn't a halfway mark. 
until that is made right, uh, hey, no, 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 sorry for you. You're like not only off the Christmas list, you are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's called karama. Like that's um, a very important part of the culture, this concept of karama. My grandma, bless her, may God, you know, rest her soul, um, had this really funny saying where, you know, she kind of say indignantly say karamti bedinya, which means my dignity is worth this entire world whenever like, Uh yeah. Like if you try to convince her, you know, we got to pay our respects to so-and-so and that person insulted her previously. She's like, well, karamti bedinya. I'm not, exactly. I'm not going. Yeah, of course. This is yeah. the most beautiful thing. You see, this is, this is something that is lost because that's what we're talking about now is the value of the self, not only the value of the quality and the beauty of the self and all that is given to the self. And I say that given. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, the whole community then, of course, is included in this. You know, it's like when we say, when I say self, I mean everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the whole party. So it's like that is the highest value I can see of, of, of loving the self, as we would say it. Yeah. But to me, it is being able to stand for my own dignity. Because if I don't stand for my own dignity, if I do not have, if I do not value myself, who will value me? Because as much as I value myself, I value you. We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week.